News Hounds from Queen City Nerve is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Now offering video visits so you can take control of your orthopedic care from the comfort of your home. Schedule online at orthocarolina.com. Ortho Carolina, you improved. Hey guys, this is Ryan from Newshounds. We are taking a break from the podcast this week for the holidays, and we will be back on January 1st, 2021, to kick off the new year with you guys. In the meantime, we have five special episodes of The Call-In, Hannah Hassan's new podcast. Uh, she's a Queen City Nerve contributor, and she'll be talking to five of the folks that she wrote about in the latest issue of Queen City Nerve. Great conversations. Tune in. Can't wait to bring you uh, all five of them. Thanks. 2020 has been one of the most important years in American history. The loss of black icons, the uptick in police violence against black people, and subsequent uprisings in cities all over the United States, and a contentious presidential election has all happened during a global pandemic. These short but powerful stories were all compiled from conversations with spoken word artist and storyteller Hannah Hassan and the real people on the front lines of the movement to protect and save black lives in the time of COVID-19. In Hannah's conversation with Jewel Hayden, Jewel lives up to her name, dropping gems on how her heart for people compelled her to act and how her movement evolved during the pandemic. This project is a collaborative effort produced by Epic Tribe, Featherweight Elephant Media, and QC Nerve. It truly does take a village to share these stories. I'm Colin Hardin, and this is On Call with Hannah Hassan. Take a listen. My name is Jewel Hayden, and I'm the co-founder and vice president for Project Boat um, here in Charlotte. Um, Project Boat is a Charlotte-based nonprofit um, that's focused on empowering the community to uh, take control of their lives and by providing a, a unique approach to meeting their needs. Um, and our mission is to improve the quality of life of marginalized citizens in our community. Okay, awesome. Why did you, how did you get involved with Project Bolt? Okay, so um, the other founder, Gemini Boyd and I, um, well, we've been friends for years. We actually went to elementary school together. Um, and he just recently, well, it's been about five years now, was released from federal prison. Um, so prior to him being released, um, he and I would communicate um, via phone calls, letters, and things of that nature. And he expressed to me his desire um, to want to, you know, make some sort of impact in the community once he was released. Um, he noticed, you know, during his 20-year uh, federal sentence that the number of individuals or young black men coming in, into the criminal justice system, onto the prison system, they were getting younger and younger. And, um, you know, he expressed to me, you know, um, he saw himself in a lot of them. And he just wondered if he had someone to take the time out to mentor him, provide him support if he would be in his situation that he was in at that time. So, um, you know, based upon that, he was truly committed. And he shared that with me, and it just really hit home for me as well. Um, I, 
dealt with or had in my childhood, my mother, she was um, uh, addicted to, uh, she was a drug drug addict, okay? And she um, she pretty much was addicted to drugs my entire life. Um, thankfully, I did have my father in my life who was able to provide me with that support and motivation to to go to school and, and further my education um, and to try to achieve my goals. But just thinking back on my childhood, if I didn't have that, you know, who knows where I would have ended up as well. So just, you know, hearing his story and thinking about my story, it just truly motivated me and just hit home that, yeah, this is something that we definitely need to, to, to do for, for our community. Awesome. Okay. So let's talk about just specifically this sort of 2020 time. I don't even know yeah. how to fully quantify it. Like it's the time of COVID, the time of, well, uh, there's not been a time in this country where there's not been racial unrest, let's be clear, but you know, we know what's happened. Um, what has this year been like for you through Project Bolt? What things have you um, done in the community? Yeah. So, yeah, to your point, this, this year has truly been um, challenging for us. Uh, we have truly tried to continue to focus on addressing the needs, the basic needs of the community. Um, so one of our major programs this year has been our feeding program. So, um, you know, since the onset of COVID-19, um, the need has grown. Um, so we were focused on trying to provide or consistently provide meals to um, 85 children in Charlotte, Monday through Friday. We did that from March until September. Um, and these these children would, would normally receive meals if they were in school, but due to COVID, um, you know, everything was, um, they were forced to learn remotely. Um, so we partnered with um, the Charlotte Hornets, um, the Carolina Panthers Player Association, and Blue Cross and Blue Shield North Carolina to make sure that we were able to provide these meals to these um, children on a daily basis. So when we initially started this feeding program, Hannah, we only had um, a small vehicle, a four-door sedan. So as you can imagine, as the need grew, we, we really needed um, more space. Um, so we had um, a donor who would like to remain anonymous um, to actually um, purchase a um, 2020 Dodge van, minivan for us and donated that to, to Project Bolt to allow us to be able to, um, you know, do our drop-offs drop and um, not worry about, you know, having a vehicle or space. So that was huge for us. Um, in addition to that, we also were out in the community making sure that we were providing um, the most vulnerable members of our communities with face masks, hand sanitizers, and other essentials to keep them safe um, during this pandemic. So we were really trying to be pretty much hands-on in the community and um, continuing to meet the needs of, of, of the members of the community. That That's huge that van thing i didn't know i i knew that all of a sudden there was a van but i didn't know yeah that came from that's that's a really big deal like do you have any specific stories or memories of times that you all have dropped off food or provided um food for some of the families or the kids and 
it like really touched you? Yeah, so there was one family um, that I actually went with um, Jim and I to to drop off the food, and they were already familiar, you know, with them. But just seeing those kids, when he would pull up in that van, kind of the kids' eyes would light up almost like they were seeing a superhero. And it was just so amazing to me because Jim and I shared with me, he said, you know what, this is so much bigger than just feeding these children. It's like we're connecting with them. We're, we're, we're feeding their spirit. We're letting them know that they are important and they are valued. And we're going to show up for them in any way that we need to. So that was very huge for me. Yep. Uh, um, if you were to think about sort of like your big big picture hopes for the way that like we collectively, black people specifically, show up for our community, especially during times like this, like with COVID and, and things like that. What are some things that you, you would love to see us doing? Well, first I'd like to see us support each other much more. Um, so with this um, onset of COVID-19, um, you know, there, with Project Bold, you know, normally the, the people that we rely on to kind of help out, they're in need more so now because of the pandemic and all the changes that's going on. So I would like to see us as a community, and I don't mean just in area codes 28208 and, um, you know, even if you don't live in those neighborhoods, that doesn't mean you can't come into those neighborhoods and provide support. So if you live in 28278, you can come over to 28208 and provide support, whether it be financial support or volunteering, whatever you're able to do, just take the initiative to connect and be more engaged with, with the black and brown people in this community. And and what would, when, like, all of this is said and done, um, and I'm talking about, like, this year, what will the story be about you? So if someone was saying, you know, if we know one thing about Jewel, we know that she blank, what would that be? She has a good heart. All of her actions and her intentions are are motivated based upon you know, doing what's best and providing support and help to others. Perfect. Oh, Jewel, you are aptly named. Like, <laughs> such a Jewel. Like, I mean, I'm sure you do that all the time. But um, thank you. Yes, thank you. I'm, I'm. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to do this, Hannah. You know, typically, like you said, I'm behind the scenes. <laughs> Mm -hmm. doing the work um, and just, you know, have an opportunity to be the voice um, was, was truly fulfilling. I appreciate you giving me this opportunity. Be sure to check out the other episodes in this five-part series highlighting the contributions of these dynamic women and their efforts to support the community during the COVID-19 crisis. You can find this podcast series and the articles that accompany them on qcnerve.com. Again, I am Colin Harden, and you've been listening to On Call with Hannah Hassan. Be safe out there. Peace. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. 
Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station.